Welcome to Seven Mile Ministry. We hope you enjoy this message. So, just pretend that didn't happen. It's all good. If you can't see this table right here, you, you, we will wait on you, but you need to move so you can. All kidding aside, I need to be able to see this from wherever you're at. Um, and if you're watching online, you'll be able to see it in a moment, when, uh, here in a few minutes, when we, when we get down there. But anyway, so, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all you dads, and happy Father's Day. This is the only day we celebrate you guys. Jackie told me this morning, first thing, happy Father's Day. And I said, well, I'm a father every day. Not just today, but I'll be one tomorrow too. But this is the day that she's going to cook me something really special, my favorite thing. I'm looking forward to that. So uh, happy Father's Day. And uh, I'll probably get a shirt or something like that. Some socks or something, but it's all good. It's all good. So let's uh, jump into the Word. If you haven't been with us, we've been talking about your mind and, and how Satan gets, you know, gets you with your thoughts. And you have thoughts. Where do they come from? And how God speaks to you through your thoughts and discerning where those thoughts came from. And when you have thoughts of leaving your family, that obviously didn't come from the Lord. Um, and we've been talking about that, how things, we, in our mind, how things should play out and when things don't always play out in our minds the way we think they should. And we have a script and God has a script. And we have to uh, get out of the director's chair and realize who the director is. He's the director of your life. Amen? And he's got a script. So today we're going to be in Psalm, Psalms 23. And let me just read it. It's just six verses. Most people know, uh, heard bits and pieces of it. You may not can quote the whole thing, but I guarantee you, you know uh, bits and pieces of it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And this is the part most people know. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. That's a psalm, a walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Most, most everybody knows that. You've heard that. The Lord is my shepherd. Most everybody's heard that. It's a good psalm. It's very popular. You've seen pictures and cross-stitchings on grandma's wall and different things like that. Let me stop right here and tell you this. One word, and what I mean by one word is a sentence, or one word, one message, one word. Just one thing, one message from the Lord can absolutely change your life. You can walk in one way and hear a word from the Lord and walk out totally changed, totally renewed, totally restored, healed, uh, walk out better than you came in. Just one word from the Lord. Amen. That's all it takes. Just one word from the Lord. 
And I believe you're going to hear a word this morning. I believe this morning you're going to look at Psalm 23 different than you did before. And I believe you're going to leave out stronger than you came in. You're going to leave out better than you came in. Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to leave out better than we came in. That's the whole goal. It's to leave out better than we came in. Closer to the Lord. Learn a little more. Revelation. See things different. Hear things. Understand things. Leave out with an understanding. Praise the Lord. So Psalms 23. You see the pictures of Jesus. Y'all remember seeing the picture of Jesus? He's, he's on this picture and he's got his staff. He's a shepherd. He's got the lamb on his back, on his shoulder. The little lamb on his shoulder. That's pretty cool, especially when you're a kid and they're teaching you Psalm 23, the Lord's my shepherd, I shall not walk. And you walk through the valley of the shadow of death and I have no reason to be fearful. You know why? Because he's with me. Amen. There's a picture of Jesus with a lamb and a staff and that's cool and all, but then you become an adult and you're looking at that same picture and you're thinking, I need something that's a little more powerful. I need something that seems a little more real to me in this situation in my life, something a little more gritty than that picture that's on Granny's wall or that verse that's cross-stitched on the wall. In other words, it needs to become a reality to you that He really is your good shepherd. He is a shepherd. He is your Messiah. And He did give His life for you. And that's what a shepherd is. In, in this psalm right here, when He says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. What's a shepherd? A shepherd is somebody who gave, he gives their life for the sheep. He literally puts himself between the sheep and the wolf, between the sheep and the lion, whatever is trying to attack these sheep, he puts himself between the enemy and the sheep. He said, I'm going to put my life right here between you two. I'm laying my life down for you. David knew what it was like because he was a shepherd. And he did tend some sheep. And he did kill some animals that came in there to try to kill the sheep. He protected them. He defended them. And he knew what it was like. And he's writing this, this psalm. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And the shepherd gives his life to protect. And talk about sheep for just a minute. You see the pictures of the sheep. And they look so pretty and cute and cuddly and they're fluffy and you know they're white and all that that's really not how they are they're really stinky and they're really dirty they're not dumb they, they don't have good eyesight whatsoever at all they're not very uh they don't have uh, they're not athletic they don't have very good balance they're not fast they're kind of slow and uh they're not smart flies and gnats and stuff like that get up in their nose and in their ears and lay eggs. And now they've got little baby flies and gnats and all that junk. They're, they're, kinda, they're just kind of nasty. Really? And I remember going to Oak Mountain when I was a kid and there were some sheep there and it's not like I was anticipating. They were stinky. And I remember flies all around them and it you know, wasn't, wasn't good, but they're not smart. They'll get themselves hung up in a briar patch. Now here's all the sheep gathered together, and Fred, the sheep, goes wandering off in the briar patch, and now Fred's hung up, and then the rest of the sheep going about their way. And by the time he gets out of the briar patch, he's looking around, and he don't know where the world they're at. He's lost. And we do the same thing as well. We get lost, don't we? Because we're over here in a briar patch that God never intended us to be in. This is the flock right here, in case you didn't know that. You need to stay with the flock. 
and let Him lead you and let Him guide you. And we get lost, we get in briars and just do stupid things. And the, the point of this is sheep need help. They need help. Ironically, God uses sheep. He's really talking about us. We need help. They need help. We need help. They need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. Amen? And the Lord is our shepherd. And He wants to lead you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. And these sheep look to the shepherd. They know His voice. They hear His voice. They recognize it. And He leads them and He guides them and He protects them. Make sure they're fed. Make sure they have water. Make sure they're protected. The sheep look to the shepherd. There's actually a relationship there. And not probably nobody here has a pet sheep running around. And maybe somebody does. I don't know. You never know. But most people have dogs and stuff like that. And you have a relationship with your dog. He knows your voice. And uh, he, he knows that he can look to you and you're going to provide for him. Amen? And, um, you know, Jesus would like a relationship with you. He wants to be your shepherd. He wants to lead you. He wants to protect you. He wants to provide for you. And Psalm 23 has got to be more to you than just a bookmark. You know those little bookmarks that have a psalm on them or a scripture on them and you put them in your Bible to mark a spot? It's got to be more than that to you. It's got to be more than that to you. It needs to be reality. He wants a relationship with you. And um, these sheep... You know, the Scripture talks about leads you beside still waters. Well, there's a reason for that. Because when a sheep's thirsty, and then they come upon some water, the sheep's not very smart. And if they come upon swift water, the sheep goes, the first thing he does, sticks his head down in the water to get a drink, not thinking about the fact that he's got a mop on top of his head. And then the next thing you know, the mop's wet and it's heavy and he's trying to get out and now his legs are in there. And then the next thing you know, uh, the sheep is in the water being swept down the stream. There he goes. And he's going, help, help, as he goes down. That's crazy, isn't it? He needs some help. He needs help. And that's where this rod and staff comes in. He takes the staff. The staff's got a loop on the end of it. And it's, it's to loop it around the sheep and to pull him out of the river, pull him out of the creek, pull him out of the mud, pull him out of the briars, lead him to guide him, to pull him, give him a little pull. The rod and the staff, they comfort me. The other end of the, 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 the sticks used to beat up on enemies. There's a rod, actually a rod, it's, it's kind of, we call it like a billy stick. You know, the thing that cops have that they can't use because if they use it, then they, get, they go to jail. I mean, it's the truth. Anyway, let's, don't, let's stay focused. Praise the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> Whoever invented those cameras... Dang, it messes everything up. It messes everything up. I mean, some people just need a good whooping. That's just the truth. But anyway, so he says, he's going to lead you by still waters. Let me, let me back up right here. Um, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me by the still waters. He wants to restore you. He wants to guide you. He wants to, he wants to lead you. He restores my soul. That, that's, that's powerful. And though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, 
I'm, I'm fearing no evil, and He's prepared this table for me. Praise the Lord. It's good stuff. And um, there was an invitation to the table. There's an invitation to the table. The shepherd has invited you to the table. He's invited me to the table. And it says there, in the presence of our enemies. In the presence of our enemies. I read that. You prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. I don't want to be at a table in the presence of my enemies. I, I was just think about, if you think about it that way, I don't want to be there in the presence of my enemies. I want you to pull me out of my current situation, the presence of my sickness or the presence of my bad marriage or the presence of my financial situation or the presence of my anxiety and stress, worry and fear or whatever it is. Pull me out of that presence, the presence of that. Pull me out of the presence of my enemy and I just want to be sitting at the table in your presence. Don't you just want to be at the table in His presence? Forget about the enemies. Take them up. Take the enemies up on an airplane and send them out without a parachute. I mean, make them disappear. Take care of my enemies for me. But no, that's not what the Scripture says. He says He's going to prepare a table for you in the presence of your enemies. We live in a bro on a broken planet. It's a fallen world we live in. And there are bad people and there's bad things and there's sickness and there's diseases and there's all types of things and we live right here in this world right in the middle of it. Enemies are surrounding you. All these things are everywhere and He's going to prepare a table right in the midst of all of that. It's a table for you. Right in the midst of all the enemies. Right in the midst of all the storms. Amen? You get good. He prepares a table. You get good, and God gets the glory. That's how it works. You get good, and God gets the glory. So like, if, you were, if you're my enemies, let's just say we're talking about me here, and, and you're my enemies, and I'm in your presence, and God has prepared a table right in the middle of my enemies. That's what it's like. The enemies are just there on the onlookers. They see you at the table that God's prepared for you. Who's at your, or who's coming to dinner? Who's coming to dinner? That's the title of today's message. Who's coming to dinner? God's prepared a table. Who's coming to dinner? Will you let Him be your shepherd? Will you let Him lead you? Will you let Him guide you? Will you let Him protect you? Will you let Him sit at your table? Will you sit at His table? Will you have a relationship with Him? Praise the Lord. And when it says He's going to make you lie down in green pastures. He's going to make you lie down in green pastures. He makes me lie down in green pastures and He leads me beside still waters. Well, you lead, a lot of people read that, make you lie down in green pastures. He ain't going to make me do nothing. Nobody makes me do anything. I call the shots and I do what I want. I'll lay down if I want to. I'll go to church if I want to. I'll read the Word if I want to. I'll be a good guy if I want to. I'll forgive them if I want to. I'll be faithful to my spouse if I want to. I'll do what I want to. What I want to. When I want to. And he says, I'm going to make you lie down in green pastures. You know, it's an invitation to rest. It's an invitation to lie down, to sit down, to rest, to Sabbath yourself into the grace of God. Praise the Lord. And He wants you to lie down. He wants to restore your soul. Do you realize once you lie down in the green pasture, once you rest, once you 
once you enter into that rest, that's where he's restoring your soul. What else can restore your soul besides God? Who else can restore it? Can a human being restore your soul? No. There's a song. Old time of rock and roll just soothes my soul. Well, it may soothe your soul, but it doesn't restore it. Pretty good song, isn't it? I can hear it in my head right now. I'm not going to sing it though. But it can't restore your soul. And a new girlfriend can't restore your soul. And a new truck, a new boat, a new house, a new job, a bunch of money, new man. These things can't restore your soul. There's only one thing that can restore your soul. That's the grace of God. That's Jesus Christ. That's our Lord and Savior. That's the shepherd. And He wants to restore your soul for His name's sake. Amen. Praise the Lord. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, and I will fear no evil. So we're going to walk through valleys. There's no doubt about that. And we walk through situations in life that present themselves to you, and they can be scary. You can Fear can rise up in you. You can be in an ambulance on the way to the hospital. Of course, there's an opportunity for fear. When you get the phone call, there's an opportunity for fear. When people at work are getting fired and, and it seems to be coming your direction and you're thinking maybe you're next, there's an opportunity to get worried and get concerned and get in fear. And you're not only thinking about losing your job, but you're, you're fast forward thinking about how am I going to make that house payment? And I just bought this truck. I knew I shouldn't have bought that thing. Dang it. How am I going to be able to pay for it? They're going to repo it. You can get over into these thoughts. You can get over into fear and worry. That's where Satan wants you to live, right there. But, he says, even though you walk through this valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he's right there with you. And his rod and his staff comfort you. If you get into the water or get into a situation you shouldn't be into, the staff's going to be there and he's just going to gently pull you out and he's going to use the rod to beat the enemy away. There's no reason to be any in fear because he's with you. And if he's with you, who can be against you? Praise the Lord. The rod and the staff, that's where you find comfort. And He's there to defend you. Amen? He's prepared this table. And I'm thirsty. He's prepared this table. And... Um, he comes down. Not only does He come down, but He sits down. He comes down and He prepares this table before you. And we have this table here. And we'll just pretend that I'm sitting over there and I'm going to be God for a minute. And He comes down and He's like, Hey, how you doing? I'm glad you're here. I'm really glad you're here. It's good to see you. I love you. Good to see you. Glad you're here. Glad you can make it. Are you thirsty? I have some water. Some sweet tea. And I know how much you like fried chicken. And um, I got you some fried chicken too. And we have sugar cookies. They're really good. They have sprinkles on them. And I know you don't like sprinkles on your Sunday. 
But I know you love sprinkles on your sugar cookie. So I made these for you, especially for you. They're really good. And we have fruit here. And don't worry about running out. You can share with everybody, all your enemies. You can feed them. Because I have an orchard and it never runs out. And I have some fresh strawberries. I know you like those. And some red grapes. And we have some bananas and this bread. We'll break bread together. And um, don't forget the apple pie. It's really good. And so just sit down. Just rest. Relax. Let's, 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 let's eat. Let me break you some bread. Enjoy. This is Christian living. This is Christian living. This is it. He's prepared a table for you. It's not about what's on the table, but it's about who's at the table. But this is it. He's prepared a table for you. He's got what you need. Just sit down. Rest, relax, eat. Sit with me. I know you're weary and tired and heavy laden, but you'll rest right here. This is Christian living. This is what it looks like. Here's what we do. Oh, dang. You made this for me? Wow. Sorry I'm late. Uh, I don't really have much time, but I could probably grab a cookie or something and, and take it with me and something to drink. I got, I got a jet. I got things to go. But before I leave, let me get my phone out here and uh, let me get it on camera mode. Hang on just a second, Jesus. Um, let me get a selfie. <laughs> and I got to make sure I get the fried chicken. Oh, yeah. I'm gonna, I'll tag you in that. I'm going to share that. They're not going to believe it. People are not going to believe this, that you, I, you prepared this for me, but i got to go. I'm busy. i got, I got to run. Too busy for it. Too busy to sit down and rest at the table that's been prepared for us. That, that's what the enemy does. He gets you too busy. Too busy to sit in the presence of the Lord. Too busy to sit at the table he's prepared for you. Because we got other things to do. We gotta go. We gotta run. Or some people just don't think they're worthy to sit at that table. But he's inviting you to enjoy Christian living. Christian living is not a magazine. And I've seen people on the cover of that magazine and I've thrown it in the dumpster. People that stand on the sidelines of football games and repeatedly use the Lord's name in vain and then their picture's put on the cover of Christian living, dumpster. That's not Christian living. That's not Christian living. This is Christian living right here. Just sitting right here. Resting right here, what He's prepared for you. And we have no time to enjoy. But there is a thief. And the thief in John 10, 10 you know what he comes to do? He sneaks up in there. Jesus came to give his life and to give it more abundantly, but the thief comes and sneaks up in there to kill, steal, and destroy. 
He doesn't show up with a red suit on and horns and a pitchfork and tell you what he's going to do. He just slithers up to the table. He just sneaks up to the table. He even came up to Jesus' table. He came up to Eve's table. In the very beginning, the, the, the snake, the Satan came up to the table. You're talking about a table prepared for anything you want. Adam and Eve had it. And the Satan came up to the table. Satan came up to Jesus in the wilderness. He came up to the table. He literally came up to the table at the Last Supper, didn't he? And if he'll come up to his table, and if he'll come up to her table, he'll come up to your table. And he comes up telling lies. He comes up in there sneaking up on you at your table. I was thinking if I've ever been to dinner, if I've ever been to lunch and had a disruption at a table, and I was thinking one time in my mind I can remember that I was out eating lunch and I was out at Nikki's West. Anybody like that place? What else? What else? What else? Next. What else? What else? What else? Next. I mean, there's a bunch of vegetables. I'm trying to... Give me a second. And Jackie will feel pressured to pick something real quick because she don't want to hold the line up. And I'm like, I'm going to pick what I want. Those same people that are waiting on me at least 10 whole seconds to decide if I want fried green tomatoes or okra, that's the same people that were walking across the parking lot about this fast. And I had to wait on them to move so I could drive by. So they can wait. I waited for them. They can wait for me. <laughs> or whatever. It'd be all right. What else? So I got my lunch and I was ready to eat it. And I like Nikki's. And I got all these vegetables and we're sitting there and there's me and my brother-in-law, Josh, and we're eating. And then all of a sudden these four men came in and um, I didn't really care a whole lot for them, especially this one in particular because he uh, worked at this big company and he was fixing to be in some trouble. So he shifted some things around and kind of told some lies and kind of put some things off on me. And so I wasn't too happy about the whole situation. But time had passed and I had kind of put it behind me. But when it was put in front of my face, I thought about the past. So I'm sitting at the table, I'm eating I'm fried green tomatoes, everything's good, and all of a sudden uh, they come up, and this one guy comes up to the table, to my table, and he said, hey man, how's it going? Trying to be all friendly like we buddies. So I just went ahead and got out of my table and stood up and got real close proximity to him, and I said, it was going a lot better till you walked up over here. And then I kind of got real loud, and everybody in the whole Nikki's restaurant are now looking at us. And that's hard to do. That's a lot of people, and they're loud. But uh, what's funny is, this has nothing to do with my point, but what's funny is, that guy's three buddies left him. They abandoned him and left him all alone with me. And I thought, well, that's some good friends right there. <laughs> but it ruined my lunch. He came sneaking up to my table and I let it ruin my lunch and I couldn't even enjoy the rest of my lunch. And that's how Satan does. That's how Satan does. So he comes up to the table. Here's what he does. He comes up to the table and he doesn't say, hey man, I'm fixing to take this roll and shove it down your throat and choke you to death with it. He doesn't do that. He just sits down at the table and says, hey man, how's it going? Man. Got some good-looking groceries here. You mind if I get a little? Pretty good. How things been going? Yeah. 
you and your wife, y'all still getting, y'all still getting along? Y'all still fussing? What, what's going on, man? I don't know how, I don't know how you do it. I really don't know how you do it. If I was married to her, I'd divorce her a long time ago. I'd put her on the road. Yeah. No way I'd do it. I'm have a little drink. Can't put up with that. Uh-uh. Still helping your brother out? Yeah, I wouldn't help him out. That sucker's a lazy bum. Tell him to find his, get some help the best way he can. Hey, you ain't, you ain't his daddy. I wouldn't help him out. You done plenty enough for him. Yeah. What about your job? Your boss, you still working for that jerk? Yeah, he's a jerk. I'd probably quit. I wouldn't put up with it. I'd cuss him out. Wow. Very good. You didn't wash these things, though. <laughs> a little dirt in there. But these strawberries are good. Man. Very good. Going to college? Going where? Um, do you realize what kind of AC, what kind of score you've got to have on your ACT to get in that college? And you've already taken it twice. You're not going to get in that college, bub. Ain't nobody in your family ever been to college. Well, you being different. Your parents ain't got no money to send you to college. You ain't going to get it. And they see, no, you ain't going to get it. How's things going with, with your husband? Oh, really? Well, there's a lot more men out there. Probably treat you a whole lot better than he is. Respect you a whole lot more than he does. I mean, you've put up with him long enough. You've tried. You've, you've given it an effort. Nobody can fault you for that. I'd, I'd just go ahead and get a divorce. Move on with your life. I mean, life's short. You need to enjoy it while you can and get a couple of these grapes while I'm here, if you don't mind. These are good. It's a good, good spread you got here. Yeah. Remember that time you did this? Remember that time you did that? Or bringing up past mistakes and failures? And see, that's how Satan works. He just comes up to your table. And he just wants to come up to your table and he just wants to eat your food. He just wants to eat your food. Eat your seed. Tell you lies. Get in your head. Eat your sugar cookies. Drink your water. Wish we had some ice cream for the pie. How do you know when he's at the table? I'll tell you how. You know he's at the table. Because when he's sitting at the table telling you it's re life's really better at that other table. Go ahead and leave her. Go ahead and leave him. Life's really better at that other table. Life's really not good right here. How long have you been sitting at this table? You've been praying. You haven't seen anything change. How much longer will you sit here? Oh, you're, you're standing in faith and you're believing? How long has it been? Life's really better at that other table. And he begins to tell you lies. He wants you to live in the lie. He wants you to stay right there in it. But you know what God says? What the shepherd says? Even though you walk through the valley, guess what? I'm with you. We're going to come out the other side. There's going to be valleys, but I'm with you. 
And I haven't left you. And I haven't forsaken you. And Satan wants to sit at your table and tell you, you're not good enough and you're not going to make it out of this valley. But the Word of God says the opposite. The Word of God says, sit at this table that I prepared for you, right in the presence of your enemies. Oh yeah, we're going to walk through some valleys, but don't be fearful because I'm with you. My rod and staff, they'll comfort you. How are we doing? You ever ask people how they're doing? Hey man, how you doing? How you doing? Oh, it's Monday. I'm making it. Hanging in there. How you doing? Hanging in there. I'm hanging in. Hanging in. Jesus never said that. He never said, I'm hanging in. He never said, I'm barely making it. He, he never said, uh, I'm just doing all I can do, or it's a Monday. What he says is, you're going to make it through the valley. You're going to make it. That's what he says. You're going to make it. So if you're having conversations like that with somebody, you're having a conversation with the devil, not with Jesus. Because he doesn't talk like that. And he's not putting those thoughts in your head about making it. What he says is, you're going to make it. We will make it through the valley. How you doing? I don't know, man. I don't know if I can make it another day. It's, it's getting tough. I just don't know. Jesus did not talk like that. He did not talk like that. He didn't never said, I don't know. He said, I do know. I do know that you'll make it. But who's coming to dinner? Is there an enemy at your table? At the end of the day, it is your table. And he doesn't, he's not welcome telling bye-bye. This is my table. I can't let you sit here at my table. Praise the Lord. He's going to prowl around. The enemy prowls. You can't stop the prowl. But you can tell him to go away. What about conversations at night? Or conversations when you're driving down the road in your truck by yourself and you're telling them off? You know, somebody you don't really like or somebody that's been mean or ugly to you and you're having this conversation in your mind. If I ever get the opportunity to get with them in private or whatever, if they ever say one more thing or whatever it is, and you're having this conversation and you go through this long list and you just tell them off. You just let them have it. You just hit them with everything they've ever done or everything they shouldn't have done, did, would have, should have, whatever it is. You're just letting them have it. Who are you having a conversation with? You ever heard of ministering to the Lord? Maybe you don't understand what ministering to the Lord is. When you're, when, if I'm in my bed and I'm preaching this word, like if I'm just preaching or if I'm just speaking uh, this word like that, that's ministering to the Lord. So who are you ministering to when you're having this conversation like that? You're ministering to the devil. You're having a conversation with him. You're literally having a conversation with the thief, the one that come to kill, steal, and destroy, the father of all lies. You're having a conversation with him. Don't let him at your table. Don't let him sit down at your table. God's prepared a table for you. You don't win by fighting lies. You win by filling your mind with the truth, which is God's Word. That's how you win. Filling your mind with God's Word. Not by fighting lies. Praise the Lord. Don't let that fool come up and eat, eat your groceries. Eating your seed. He wants to eat your seed. 
He wants to steal your seed so nothing grows. Steal, kill, and destroy. And he tells you lies. You're not enough. He sits right down at your table. He's snacking on some groceries and he says, Hey man, you're really not enough. You're really not enough. Everybody in this room at some time in your life, at some time in your life, you have felt like you're just not enough. I'm just not enough. I'm just not enough. Everybody's felt like that. Everybody has. Some of you right now, this second, are feeling like that, that you're just not enough. You're doing all you can, but what you can do is just not enough. I'm just not enough. Or maybe you've made mistakes or failures and, 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 and your past mistakes, you're letting them define who you are. God says you are enough. He says you are enough. In fact, you're so much, He loves you so much that He laid down His life for you. He died for you so He could sit at your table. That's how much, that's how enough you are. You are enough. But we've always, we've all felt that feeling like we're not enough. And we've got scars from our past mistakes and our past failures and past things and shame that we've got and just all different types of things. We could go down a long list and all those things leave a scar. And this world wants to define you by your scars, by your past, by your mistakes, by your failures, by your scars. But you're not defined by your scars. You're defined by His scars. That's exciting. Your scars don't define you. His scars do. And he's got a scar on his body, one for everybody. Praise the Lord. We talk about the road to Emmaus. And Jesus goes in their house and it says that he broke the bread. And I love that story. I love that story. That's where Seven Mile came from. But he broke that bread. And I wish my little lapel thing was working so I could have both hands here. But talking about scars. Now when you're sitting at the table with Jesus, talking about knowing if it's who, who is it? Who you are? And is it the enemy? Is it is it Christ? Who's at my table? And who's talking to me? Who's speaking to me? He'll be known in the breaking of the bread because when he breaks the bread, just like he broke the bread with those guys on the road to Emmaus, and he hands it to them, and they see the scars. You're defined by his scars, not your scars. His scars define you. His scars t tell who you are that you're forgiven and that you're loved. Amen. Romans 8, chapter in the very first verse says, There is no now no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There's no more condemnation. He didn't come to condemn. Amen. You're forgiven and you're loved. And don't live in the old story. And don't let Satan sit at your table and talk about the old story. And bring up your past and your mistakes. Because you know what the old story is? It's just that. It's old. It's an old story. It's behind you. What's behind me don't concern me. Where I'm going in front of me, I'm, I've got my eyes fixed on Jesus. The past is in the past. And I, I can't go change the past, but I can let the past change my future. I can let it ruin my future. The windshield's bigger than the rearview mirror for a reason. 
Because where we're going is more important than where we've been. And Satan wants you to live in your past. He wants you to live in your mistakes. He wants you to live in your failures. That's what he wants. And like I said a moment ago, it's not important what's on the table, but it's important who's at the table. And who's at your table? Who's at your table? Who's sitting at your table? Years ago, um, well, this week I was trying to put together a sermon and studying and different things and, and really wasn't sure what direction I was going to go. And then I, I listened to a sermon a guy preached on Psalm 23 on Friday. And man, my wheels started really turning. And it was re I, re I remembered years ago, I wasn't a pastor, but I was just preaching some. And I had a table and I put the table up here. And um, some may remember, but I had several people sit at the table. And what it was, it was we were acting like it was Thanksgiving. And we're sitting at the table, and Larry was up here, and I remember Paula was up here, and I don't remember who else was up here, but Larry had to wear this mask, and and um, because the reason for the mask is when he was at the table eating Thanksgiving dinner, he was one man. But when he got up from the table, he was another man. He was actually an alcoholic in the, in the, in the story I was doing. I was thinking about that table, and what's your table look like, and who's sitting at your table, and what's the family table look like? You know, people sitting at the table, living in their past, and they're smiling and cutting up at the Sunday dinner after church for Father's Day, but really on the inside, they need their soul restored because they're living in the past and the regrets, and they're trying to find happiness through a new man or through a new woman or through more money or through things like that. And they're really, they're really not happy whatsoever at all, and they're just stressed and worried and anxious. And, and maybe there's a man there at the table, and he's a father, and it's Happy Father's Day, and we're all celebrating you. And yay, but he really feels guilt and condemnation because even though he's a father and a husband, but maybe he's having an affair. But nobody at the table knows it because he's got his mask on. There's a lot of tables that look like that. There's a whole lot of tables that look like that. What's your table look like? Dads, what's your table look like? What kind of table are your kids coming to? When they come to eat at the table, what kind of table are they coming to? Are you sitting at the Father's table? Who's at your table? Anyway, I remember that sermon, and it actually wasn't received that well. People just kind of thought I was crazy, I guess. But I remember Larry told me afterwards, he goes, that was good. Now, I remember how much that meant to me just because Larry told me it was good. That just, that just made, made my... Just... It was good. People, the reason it probably wasn't received is because there's people in the room that's probably living that same life. But who's at your table? What's your table look like? Let me get back on track here. A table in front of your enemies... So, why is it a table in front of your enemies? Because he just wants to punish the enemies. All of you guys, remember y'all are my enemies, just pretending. Because he just wants to torture you and just see me enjoying the fried chicken and the rolls and the love of God and this fresh fruit and apple pies and it just keeps coming. It's an endless supply, all the sweet tea you'd ever want, anything you want, and just torture you because you're not getting none of it. Is that what he wants to do? He just wants to torture you? Why well, no. He wants y'all to see. He wants the enemies to see. He wants the world to see what the kingdom looks like. And they start noticing you. 
And they know what you're going through. And they know what's going on in the world. But, but you seem to be happy. You haven't lost your peace. You're not stressed or you're not worried. Why? They start noticing. Wow, look at him, look at her. They're not like us. They're not stressed. They're not worried. They're walking through this valley, but they're not in fear. Why aren't they in fear? They look like they're in delight. Taking delight in Him, even though we're in a storm. And then sooner or later, sooner or later, they're not looking at just you, but they're looking at who's sitting across the table from you. It says in Psalm 34, those who look at Him are radiant. Their faces are never covered with shame. But those that look at Him, even through the storm, you're looking at Him and your face is radiant. And people notice it. People start to take notice. They start asking questions. See, it's the person on the other side of the table that makes the difference. The person on the other side of the table makes a difference in the person on this side of the table. That's why it's important who's at your dinner table. Who's coming over for dinner? Who's sitting at your table? God's good to you. It's good for you. And the glory goes to Him. Amen. He's prepared a table for you. He's prepared a table for you. He's prepared a table for everybody in here. Anna, come on up. This is what Christian living looks like. Right here. He come down. He paid with blood, with his life. He made dinner reservations. He prepared the meal. He set the table. And then he serves you. He's a servant king. He's prepared a table for you. And Psalms 23 is not just a cute picture, but it should be powerful and it should be life-changing. Amen. Who's at your dinner table? Well, everybody in here's got a table. And everybody in here's got somebody different at their table. So that's only a question that you can answer. But he's went through a great deal of trouble for us. Made us fried chicken. I was really wanting pork chops. That's a joke. Pork chops are okay now. Close your eyes for a moment. message is very simple this morning 
God loves you. He loves each and every one of you. And you're not defined by your scars. You're defined by His scars. His scars tell the story of who you are and you're a child of God. And He loves you so much. He's prepared a table for you. Right in the middle of the storm and right in the middle of your enemies and right in the middle of a crazy world, He's prepared a table for you. And we're not in any type of fear because He's with us and His rod and His staff they comfort us. And he's just inviting you this morning to come sit down at the table. And the question is, who's coming to dinner? Are you coming to dinner? Will you sit down at the table? Will you just enjoy Christian living? Just lay down those green pastures. Let Him lead you by the still waters. Have a relationship with Him, with the Good Shepherd. Will you come to the table this morning? Trying to get it done. I see people just in my mind right now, I just see people running. And you're just not literally running, but you're walking extremely fast. You're walking really fast and you're grabbing things here and there and going to and fro and you're calling and you're taking calls and you're writing things down and you're buying things and you're loading cars and unloading cars and you're just going, 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 going. The hustle and bustle of life. It's a trick of the enemy. The fast-paced lifestyle here in the United States of America, it is a trick of the enemy. And Jesus is saying, it's time to rest. Come to the table. Come to my table. I've prepared it for you. Just come right here and enter into a rest. See, the strength that you need to accomplish all the things that you need to accomplish the strength you need to be the father that God's called you to be, the strength you need to be the mother that God's called you to be, the strength you need to accomplish the task at hand is going to be found right here at this table. He's going to restore your soul. So will you come to dinner? Will you come to dinner? If you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's step one. So I want to make that opportunity right here, right now. If you say, I've never accepted Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and I want to, I want to enter into that relationship right now, today. Today's my day. If that's you, 